This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash retailanywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retailanywhere. Hello, and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Friday, March 25th, 2022, I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Putin eyes auto plants in Russia, Ford identifies another new business unit, and the COVID-19 pandemic continues to mess with the industry's plans. Also, what's next for Canada's largest private sector union after its president was accused of taking a bribe? We'll get into the details later in the show. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Russian President Vladimir Putin is considering seizing the assets of companies that have stopped operating in the country in response to its invasion of Ukraine. The move puts billions of dollars of automotive assets at risk. Ford, Volkswagen, Mercedes-Benz, and Renault are among the major automakers that have suspended their operations in the country in recent weeks. Several have plants that could be taken by the Russian government. That includes Renault. On Thursday, Russian authorities said they will decide how to use the French automaker's plant in Moscow by the end of next week. However, experts telling our John Irwin that it would be very difficult for authorities to simply restart assembly lines, in no small part because Russia has been cut off from some of the supply chain. Globally, Russia made up 2.1% of all new vehicle sales in 2021, For much more on the story and the potential impact on the industry, visit autonews.com. Meanwhile, Stellantis remains in Russia. The automaker is continuing to build vans at its factory near Moscow. A spokeswoman saying the plant is operating at a low level and may have to shut down because of logistical and supply problems. Earlier this month, CEO Carlos Tavares said Stellantis could move some van production from Russia to plants in France and England. Aside from Russia's war against Ukraine, there's still a pandemic in the world. While cases in the U.S. are down and restrictions largely going away, China is facing a surge of infections in multiple cities. As a result, the Beijing Auto Show is expected to be postponed. The event, which happens in the nation's capital every other year, is scheduled to begin April 21st. However, organizers telling Automotive News China that internal discussions are ongoing to reschedule the show. The pandemic is also causing problems with production. Mazda says it will suspend output at two factories in Japan. The automaker says the plants will each be down for two days in April due to parts supply disruptions. Mazda says the rise in COVID-19 cases in China was among the factors causing problems in the supply chain. And finally, some regular corporate strategy type news. Ford has created a unit for developing autonomous vehicles and new technologies. Bloomberg reports that CEO Jim Farley formed the division, dubbed Ford Next, late last year. The unit contains Ford's stake in Argo AI and will develop startups in mobility services and other businesses. Farley has been reorganizing the U.S. automaker to make it more nimble, with automaking split into an EV group, Model E, and traditional vehicles under Ford Blue. There's also Ford Pro to focus on commercial customers, and of course, 
Ford credit. The Ford Next unit is under the direction of Franck Louis Victor, described as a hard charging specialist in new businesses, hired last year from Renault. And that's the news you need to know. Canadian Union Unifor responded quickly to allegations of improper payments to its president. Now it has to clean up the mess. We'll examine the union's next steps with our Toronto Bureau Chief after this. As online experiences have continued to evolve, it's clear dealers need an approach that will keep them in the business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion. So what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and online to in-store experience? I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's, a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To other, it's sales and F&I. And they, they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic, holistic approach. And then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on, you know, more of a big picture. Digital retailing is dealership operations, period. Reynolds' Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big picture, holistic approach, visit reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. Jerry Dias isn't accused of stealing from Unifor, but he is costing the union extra money. Among other results from his sudden departure from the presidency of Unifor, it accelerates the campaign to replace him. Union delegates will still elect an array of officers at a convention in August, but first they will have to hold a special election for someone to serve out the remainder of Dias's term. For the latest on what's been happening and what's coming next, I called up David Kennedy, the Toronto Bureau Chief for Automotive News Canada. David Kennedy, welcome back to Daily Drive. Hi, Jimmy. How are you doing? Doing fine. So this Jerry Dias case with Unifor, I felt like the timing was so curious. You know, Wednesday was such a celebratory day for Canada's auto industry with the announcement of a big battery factory to serve Stellantis assembly plants in Ontario and perhaps even Michigan. But then late in the afternoon, the news broke about the allegations against former Unifor president, Jerry Dias. What do we know about the timing of the announcement? Uh, well, yeah, as you said, I mean, it started, the day started off fantastic for the auto industry. Obviously, you know, it's about as big an announcement uh, as Canadian auto has had in a generation, if not more. Uh, and then, you know, uh, as you said, a few hours roll by and, uh, you know, Unifor comes out with uh, these allegations uh, against the former president uh, and very serious ones. Uh, so, you know, we don't know a whole lot about the timing and whether or not there was, you know, any uh any attempt to put it on a day that there was some other news going on. Uh, certainly the National Executive Board was always meant to uh, meet this week. They had that planned out in advance. Uh, so they were scheduled to meet on Monday. Uh, and then, of course, this news all broke on Wednesday. Uh, during, the, during the press conference that they held Wednesday, they did say that the meeting ran over uh, into Tuesday. So, you know, it is possible that it's just, uh, you know, a coincidence of timing. 
So now Unifor has to have an election and pick its only second president since the formation of, of that union. It's such a, it's a conglomerate, really. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it hasn't been around all that long um, as you know, sort of a, a single entity. So it's uh, it's really interesting, and you know, it, uh, the election couldn't uh, come in stranger circumstances. <laughs> yeah, so this was um, they've got like three hundred thousand members and about forty thousand auto workers among them. Of course, they used to be just the the CAW, the Canadian Auto Workers, after it split off from the. Detroit-based uh, United Auto Workers. So, you know, it's, but it's always been Jerry, who didn't come from autos, but did, did well uh, representing autos, fought hard, and uh, got, got some concessions. Who are the leading candidates to replace him? Well, at the moment, there's two declared uh, and, you know, they've been campaigning uh, since, you know, Jerry announced that he was uh, on, heading off on medical leave since really February. So it's it's been underway for a bit. Um, and so the two the two that are there are Jerry's uh, so-called right hand man, Scott Doherty, uh, who, you know, originally came from for the forestry side of things and, you know, has been um uh, basically within the national union organization for, for a number of years now working on, you know, across more or less all files that you can imagine, you know, he's got a hand in auto, he's got a hand in uh, bargaining in, in, in most aspects uh, of the union at the national level. Uh, and then you have um, the president of local 444, which represents uh, workers at Stellantis's Windsor assembly plant, uh, and as well as a couple other uh, major um sectors in the Windsor area. Uh, but obviously, uh, Dave Cassidy um, really, you know, has those auto routes that you would look for in this sense. Um, whereas uh, you could certainly argue that uh, Scott Doherty has more uh, of the national experience uh, under his belt. So that'll be interesting uh, outcome. Is it a direct election by members? It's not. Uh, so, you know, it sort of like uh, the UAW used to use, uh, as far as I understand it, uh, there's, uh, it's a delegate system. Uh, mm -hmm. So there'll be, uh, there'll be a number of uh, delegates who uh, cast their vote. Uh, it's still unclear whether or not this is uh, this special convention, as they're calling it, uh, is going to be virtual or if it will be in person. Um, but, you know, uh, using a delegate system to uh, basically vote the, one of these guys in. And then this term will last how long? <laughs> well, uh, a very short amount of time, as it turns out. Uh, so the way the Uniform Constitution works, uh, if uh, Dias had retired within a hundred, like uh, if there were fewer than 120 days uh, before Unifor's planned convention in August, uh, the secretary treasurer, Alana Payne, could have simply assumed his responsibilities for, you know, that, that final four months there. But that he was just outside that window. So Unifor is actually forced by its constitution to hold a special convention uh, probably within the next 30 days or so. And then there will be actually another election for president at the convention in August. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to say whether or not there'll be a, a repeat of, of the, the race that we're going to see over the next month or so, or if, you know, uh, the president's, uh, the newly elected president will run sort of unopposed. Yeah, it could be interesting. I guess some of it depends if it's uh, how nasty the campaign is, if if the candidates uh, rack up negatives or they're able to 
come out of it pretty unscathed, I guess. Uh, Absolutely. Time, time and, and yeah, how close it is too. Uh, it's, it's really hard to say because it's, um, both of these guys uh, come from sort of different backgrounds. And I think uh, there's also questions on, uh, you know, obviously having a quite a close relationship with Jerry Dias uh, over, over the last number of years, uh, you know, whether or not that sort of sticks to Scott Doherty through this or not, or if, uh, you know, he has enough support built up uh, and enough uh, of a differentiation. Well, and also, you know, yeah, it's what are the delegates uh, view of his, his history and, and really Jerry Dias's legacy as he was a really successful, seemed like a very successful labor leader. Uh, but then of course, you know, his legacy will be tarnished by this scandal, but I don't know, does that hang on Doherty or is it, is it separate? It'll be uh, interesting how the voters respond. I'm wondering if we know anything more about what happens next with Jerry Dias himself. So there's a few things that uh, we learned yesterday, obviously, um, you know, personally, uh, he said he's checked himself into a rehab um, and at the sort of organizational level for from Unifor's perspective, uh, basically, at this point, the National Executive Board has charged him uh, with the uh, allegedly taking money from this supplier. Uh, but uh, he still does have a chance to sort of defend himself through this. Uh, so there will be a hearing. It's supposed to be the next month is sort of the tentative date for it that uh, the Secretary Treasurer, Lana Payne, shared. Uh, but she also did mention that, you know, it's, it is pending Jerry's health. Uh, so we'll see what happens on that. It's, it's really uh, a, a little bit uncertain you know, his participation level within this uh, and whether or not, uh, you know, basically up for grabs at that hearing, uh, despite being retired, uh, Dias obviously still has membership within the union and they could choose to revoke it, to suspend it, uh, pending the results. Will the union be going after that money? Uh, that, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's certainly, I guess it could be possible. Um, but at the same time, they have positioned uh, this different than you might uh, see in sort of like an embezzlement case where he's taken mm. union funds, because that's that's not what they're saying here. It's saying that he took money from a supplier um, and, you know, basically pocketed it. But it did not come from, you know, union dues or anything like that, uh, at least yeah. uh, as so far as the allegations go. Yeah. Uh, it certainly did cause the union some extra expense uh, for the outside investigation and the special election. So I don't know if they wanted to use that as an excuse for a, to try to claw some of that uh, money for themselves. It would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, certainly uh, we'll, we'll see how things go over the next uh, little while, because it's uh, it, it's all a moving target, I think, at this point, exactly uh, which direction this heads. Uncharted territory. David Kennedy, Toronto Bureau Chief, Automotive News Canada. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. You can get all the news on labor, international trade, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Thanks to Nathan Kadick for editing today's show. Thanks to the ANTV team and web editor Victor Galvan for all their help. And thanks to you for listening and making this show part of your workday routine. Have a good weekend until Monday when we all get back to work.